dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy day. Hope you're all doing well, as am I. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. What a day, what a day. It is early right now, and the sun's coming out, and I'm feeling good. Got some podcast stuff to do with Thaco's Hammer, and we will see if that happens. So, hey, what the hell? Well, you know what? Today, I want to talk about uh, dice fudging. I want to talk about this. This isn't really a reply to a YouTube video, but it's more like a... It got, once again, it gets, something got me thinking. Yeah, it happens, you know. And I try to spin it into something I can use and something you could use at the table. How about that? And I will talk about that after this. Well, I was watching YouTube and I was watching GM Table. And he talked about dice fudging. And, you know, when it first started, I started watching it. I said, okay, here we go. Because I have very definite views on dice fudging and things like that as far as GM goes. In a nutshell, I'm for it. My first, my first reaction was, why are we even talking about this? This is not something that should... I mean, I'm sure, yeah, it probably would eventually come up because it deals with trust and morals and things like that. But, you know, I always have of the opinion of, as a game master, you really shouldn't talk about this with your players because it's just an unwritten rule and it's just something, it's something I do that I just do that to make the game flow better or, what, or whatever. And it's like, why are we talking about this? I, I fudge dice as needed. And I'm not ashamed to say so. What happens behind the screen, and as far as DM, as far as you know, GM screens go, that's a whole other subject, but it's kind of related to it. But I just, you know, don't take that away from me. I'm in control. I mean, I'm in control of that part of the game. Thank you very much. Encounters, at least, you know, my side of it. And you know, there's the whole moral dilemma of, well, you want your players to trust you. The players have got to be able to trust you. You, you want to trust your players. There's supposed to be mutual trust on both sides. But, you know, if you're going to... It's, it's a hard thing to talk about because I see some value. The problem is I see some value in it. And so that's that's really my your dilemma right there. But you know what? As I was watching this video, I started thinking. Because he brought up some valid points about how the game master controls the world. And he's right. You don't think about it's you know, their their mess. You're you're trying to to make your game go correctly. Your adventure, no, it's not your adventure. It's our adventure, yours and the players, and they have input. This is what game masters forget about is 
they always forget about the input of the players. They that's why I I DM, GM the way I do. That's why I teach GM the way I do. Teach GMing the way I do, or at least I try to impart to you. Because that's why I talk about story arcs and I talk about I talk about frameworks instead of plots and you know situations and things like that because you got to leave room for their input. But that's I'm getting kind of off the point here. What I'm saying is he's right. I have a lot of control over this world because I am the world. They are the they are the characters in the world. They have control over what they do. I have control over everything else. And I know that sounds kind of one-sided, but that's the way it is. But at, that's why, as a game master, you have to kind of, you know, be a... You have to have a soft touch. Let me put it that way, with the world. And you got to let the players do what the players do. So... As far as fudging dice rolls, say I have an encounter with a couple of ogres that I made way too powerful for them. Well, what can I do? I can start... He says he never lies to his players. Whatever he rolls, he rolls and he tells them what he rolled. You know, he tells them if it hit or not or, you know, there can be TPKs. What I want to do is I want to leave it open to, yes, there could be a TPK. Yes, play, characters can die. But... At the same time, I want some kind of control over that encounter. I want a little bit, you know, I want to be able to, like, fudge the dials and stuff behind the curtain. Not fudge them, but I mean, I want to be able to adjust them. Let me put it that way. And they can adjust, see, they adjust what their characters do, and I adjust the rest of the world. So, I thought about that, and I thought, you know... There's a he was he was right. There's a lot of other things I could do besides like saying a monster misses when he hits, or say his AC is worse than it is, or this, that, the other thing. I've got a lot more leeway with what I can do to get keep the players happy, keep the players going, or keep the keep this save this encounter. And so I thought about it, and it says, I'm taking this as a... I'm going to not fudge die rolls for a while and see what happens. And what I'm going to do is use every other means in my power to adjust this encounter to the way to to offset any fudge mistakes or screw-ups that I do on my end. And I'm going to take that as a personal challenge just to prove to myself what kind of how good a game master I am. I'm not going to say how much power I have and things like that. No, I want to, I want to actually test my abilities. That's what I'm saying. And what I want to do is I want to make it dangerous. I want to make it damn dangerous if I can, but I don't want to make it impossible. That's the whole goal of the whole, of the encounter. Difficult, not impossible. And if somebody dies from a bad die roll or a monster's good die roll, there are things I can do. There are ways I can do things. I introduced the flashback mechanism from Blaze in the Dark. There's that. 
because I can say, hey, you know, if you have a bending or an inspiration point or whatever commodity or maybe something later on the down the road that's going to screw up, you know, some kind of commodity where you can say, maybe you prepared this before you went into battle or something like that. Or my example is, say you have a, I don't know, a giant, a storm giant or something, and some, or some giant monster steps on the character and they want to get out of it. And if they, if they have a way to get out of it, they, let, them, let them try. Give them a roll. Give them a dexterity roll. Give them another character can help it. And they will, what I want to do is, this kind of re- relates to the, the episode I did the other day about, say, you don't have to do save or die, but you can do really, really bad things to the character. Leave them at one point. Leave them at one hit point. Say they're at one hit point and they're just dying. Now, this, this to me, this involves making sure you know how much the character can take. Not really know, but I mean, you know, get a good idea of what it can take. Or you should be asking them, well, how do you feel? How are you doing? That kind of thing. And if like a monster steps on them, a giant monster steps on them, give them a dex roll to get out of the way. Give them a a save versus whatever. Maybe they have a luck roll. I don't know. Maybe they find like a, in the part of the, where he's stepping the part of the dirt, there was like a shallow trench that the guy rolled in just before he stepped. So he didn't step on him. He stepped over him. So there's that. And I like getting characters close to death. I don't like killing characters, but I like getting them close to death because that that's first of all that can be a wake up call <laughs> to the to the player character. And if and some characters just thrive on that kind of edginess. And so it it's like leave them that way. You know, maybe the monster reduces them so they're just crippled and they the monster can look at it. He looks dead. There's some guy charging. Some other guy charging him. So he'll switch his switch his attention to that and fight that guy. And this just leave him there at one hit point until maybe somebody can get to him or the fight is over or whatever, and they can take care of him and such. I mean, I've seen. I think. I think player characters. I haven't seen it. I don't see it very much. I've done it. I've seen character. I I I've played dead before. If I'm really hurting or something like that, I would just pretend I'm dead. And a lot of the monsters will just, if you're lucky, if they're not, if they're got some kind of intelligence, sometimes they can either they can tell or they'll just do things to you or they figure you're dead so I can just like, you know, throw your body around or something like that. But, But the point is, give them a chance to survive. Give them a slim, slim chance to survive. And to me, that's, that's part of the game. That's part of the fun of the game. And it really helps so it's a personal challenge to not fudge dice rolls and do this let's see if this works anyway i gotta go start my day so if you want to talk to me about this or anything else oldmangrognargmail.com or you can drop a voicemail on anchor we're monetized so as little as 99 cents a month you too can help support this program and i would thank you Thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan, Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. Thanks. Don't forget Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G Grognard Podcast, Young Grognard. 
podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast, Big John Allen Larges The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs>